Welcome to Beyond the Shoots is presented by Parasite Systems. I'm your host, Doug Simcox, and I hope that you're having a great day. If you are driving and listening to our podcast, please keep both eyes on the road and both hands on the wheel. We want to keep you safe, and we want you to enjoy this podcast as you log your mile. Today, I'm recording in Taylorsville, Kentucky, and we have on the phone the 23-time IPRA world champion, Mr. Sean Miner. And today, we're going to continue our conversation that we started on our first episode. So please welcome back to the show, Mr. Sean Miner. Sean, great to have you back on. How are you? You bet. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm good. Yeah? Same thing as I was last time we talked. Still driving. Still driving. So both hands, this goes for you, hands-free drive, or uh, hands-free listening, right? Hands-free speaking. Both hands on the wheel. Safety first. That's me. Safety first. Eyes up. All that that sort of thing. Well, great (laughs) to have you on the show. Where are you right now, and where are you headed? I, we're in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, and we're headed to Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, to Utah. Okay. And uh, you're with the family, I take it? I got both my boys with me. Okay. Cold and yep. Okay. Are they able to hear this this whole time? Oh, yeah. Oh, perfect. Hello, boys. How are you guys? Good. How are you? <laughs> we are good. I am good. Thank you. So last time we talked, Sean... Uh, we talked about growing up on 38,000 acres, about it being 14 miles from the north border to the south border of your ranch, 2,300 head of cows, five full-time cowboys, wrote, uh, hands that helped your dad. You talked about a cattle drive at 13, uh, moving 1,500 head of cattle, about 56 miles. You talked Little Rich's Rodeo, College Rodeo at TWC in Snyder, Texas, and we just got into the conversation of you then moving your third year to southwestern Oklahoma State University to join their rodeo team. Uh, And before we get there, before we pick that up and go a little bit further, you had mentioned to me after our call last time that your great-grandfather had surveyed some land up around Hyannis, uh, Nebraska, up around Ogallala. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about what that survey was for? Yeah, yeah, he, uh, they, somehow or another, I don't, I don't guess, I guess it was probably before, uh, phones and landlines and all that kind of stuff, but somehow or another, he got the job of surveying the land, uh, for the, the Lake McConaughey. Um, so it's basically what it was, is they built the dam and there was a there was an actual town in the bottom of that valley and he went down there rode down there um i'm guessing it i should know off right off the top of my head i think it was about 60 65 miles or so uh he rode down there and uh surveyed the land and then they started building the building the dam and that's that's how lake mcconaughey come about okay Sounds like that could be a dangerous job, riding into town to survey the land because we're going <laughs> to flood you all out. You're going to be at the yeah. bottom of a lake at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty wild about, uh, I'm guessing, 25 years ago. We'd had a bad drought out there, and and uh, 
at the, the water was so low at one point you could see the cross on the church sticking oh, wow. out of the water. Okay. And I I actually got to see that one time. Uh, I I I'd hate to guess how many years ago it was twenty five. I'll bet years ago. Yeah. So it it was pretty neat. All right. Very cool. Very cool. And and one other thing you mentioned to me, and that a bit of history you just recorded there, surveying the town before it gets flooded. Um, seven years old, you started, was that kind of your first real job? And I believe you got paid for working in the hay field. That yep, yep. I got, uh, I run a, a Super C uh, with a sweep on it, and we'd sweep hay. Okay. And I bunch hay and stuff and it was just uh just an old you know four speed super c and uh i remember getting so tired that you know you, you couldn't even see straight let alone drive that tractor because it didn't sure didn't have power steering yeah and it was a, it was an old tricycle wheel yeah so you'd hit a wrong you know you'd hit the wrong rut or whatever and it just spin that steering wheel out of your hands and yeah. slap the top of your hands and stuff. Yeah. 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 I remember thinking, man, I, I hate haying. <laughs> <laughs> well, well at seven years old, could you even really reach the clutch pedal and the brake pedal very well? Well, you never sat fully in the seat. I'll guarantee you that. Yeah. yeah. Sat on the edge of it and, uh, you know, and then you had to use all your, all your body strength pulling on the steering wheel just to push the clutch in. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, yeah. it was, it was, it was a challenge, but, uh, looking back, it didn't hurt me. <laughs> right. Uh, but no seat belt, no overhead guard. I don't even think no, that, that, no. that was a farm all super C, right? Absolutely. Yep. It, did it even have fenders by the back wheel? You know what? It <laughs> seems like it did. Uh, I remember it was dueled. Uh, we it had regular set of tires on it, and then they had a set of tires for the outside duels that were okay. about two inches shorter. Oh, okay. So the duels didn't work until you started sinking. I see. Okay. And okay. Uh, so yeah, but it I, it had just fenders, but it, they didn't go up over the tires. They were just so you couldn't fall into them. <laughs> right. Right. All right. So, um, so last time we talked. You were, you talked about West Texas College and the rodeo team out there, Snyder, Texas. You then yep. said you transferred to uh, be part of the rodeo team at Southwestern Oklahoma State University. Tell yep. us a little bit about those years down there. Uh, geez, that was, that was uh, really some of, some of the funnest years I had. Uh, it was like my roommates were, were a lot of fun. Davy Shields was, they, well, me and Davy Shields were actually roommates for about three years, all you know, through college. And, and then we rodeoed together. And, and, uh, so it, it was a lot of fun. We had a welding job. Uh, and anytime I wasn't on the road, man, I was, I was welding and, and working and, and stuff but uh it was a lot of fun there you know it was a lot more centrally located to the rodeo from rather than you know clear south of lubbock texas out in the middle of nowhere yeah yeah so uh 
it was a lot better for me. And were you still working on welding? I know that's what you went to West Texas College for. Were you still, your your major was welding or? Yeah, actually, uh, when I went to, when I went to Weatherford, I, I didn't go for, for college. Oh, you did? Uh, no, no. They wanted me to go rodeo for them. And, and I was like, all right, as long as I don't have to go to school, I'll come rodeo for you. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, and back then them guys had enough pull, you know, the, a lot of the football players were in the rodeo coaches classes and, and a, a whole bunch of us guys that were just there to rodeo. Yeah. We were in the, we were in the football coaches classes and, and they took care of each other that way. Oh, I see. You know, they, they had me in classes like underwater basket weaving and <laughs> stuff like that, right. you know, right. they, they made up stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. for us to go to. And, and, uh, so it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, for me because, well, for one, I, I'd already had my schooling and, uh, and I sure didn't want to, you know, have to sit in a classroom anymore, but yeah. I wanted to rodeo for them, you know? And, uh, and it was, it ended up being good. I, you know, we had, had some great years there. I, I think I won pretty sure I won the all around that year and, and, uh, Maybe the bareback riding. I can't even remember, man. That's been a long time ago. Okay. But uh, I, I know I got a saddle from winning the all-around for sure. So. Okay. Uh, would that have been in 97, and would that have been the Central Plains? Or was the Central Plains? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. It would have been in 97. Uh, yeah, 97 and 98, I believe. Okay. Uh, is when I went there. Let's see. Yeah, I think so. Around in there somewhere. I okay. can't remember. Okay. We're getting along. We're getting a long time ago now. I know. I know. Well, I did read that you won the all around in the central plains and, and, and again, that was college rodeo, right? And that was in 97. Yep. Yep. Okay. And two years before that, uh, you had bought your PRC permit. So 1995, you filled it and then bought your card in 96, your PRC card. Talk a little bit about that. Were you able to while you're college rodeoing, are you still riding PRCA? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. They, they didn't care back then, you know, that you, you could, you could college rodeo and, and you could PRCA rodeo. And, and, uh, so we, you know, we were going, you know, we, geez, I, I went all over Western Canada, you know, before I even knew what Quebec was. Really? You traveled up yeah. to Western Canada. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. We went to, and I, Oops, hold on, uh, hold on. Luxon. Start again here. You're breaking up just a little bit. Oh, am I? Yeah. I'm right downtown Indianapolis. Okay. Okay. Maybe there's too many people here. Maybe. Well, you're back now. So talk a little bit about Western Canada, where you went and what you did. Yeah, there was, um, uh, uh, one time we went, to a, a rodeo called the name of it was Luxton. Luxton. Uh, yeah, British Columbia, and uh, it was really cool because we went to it, uh, and to get to it, you had to get on a ferry and ride the ferry for about I think it was almost two hours out into these islands and stuff out in the middle of the ocean, basically, and uh, we had to ride there. 
and there were two only two ferries to come back and so as soon as we got done riding man we were packed our stuff and we were gone yeah get back on you know to jump on that ferry to go uh back to cloverdale and uh and that for me that was a that was a really cool experience something that i never got to do uh you know load into a into a an island into a town yeah total of two hours and you're gone again you know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty cool but that is cool. i got to see a lot of stuff that you know most most people would would actually pay to go on vacation to see and we were working you bet you bet and and when you were up in that area did you get into alberta and some other of the provinces up there oh yeah Beastie? yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to, you know, I I was I entered Calgary, I think, six, seven years oh, in, a, in a row there, all through the 90s, uh, all through up until 02, I believe. Uh, so I went six or seven times, I can't remember. Back then, I think I missed a year because back then, uh, it was kind of on a, on a money, you know, like a a money deal where you had to have a certain amount of money one in Canada to get to go to, to Calgary and stuff. There was a couple of years, like one or two years that I didn't, didn't get to go because I didn't go to any rodeos up there. Okay. But, uh, I think I went to Calgary like six, six years, six okay. different years. Yeah. So, so you were basically riding the PRCA from 95 until 2003, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and O two, I guess, and okay. I and I had my PRCA card, you know, all through probably till, geez, I don't know, two thousand ten, okay. probably. Okay. I just didn't, you know, I just didn't go. Yeah. I was too busy with the IPRA by then. Okay, so let's talk about transitioning, or how you, how did you find the IPRA, and when did you find? Well, me and uh, me and Davy Shields, we went to the bucking horse sale in Oklahoma City, and uh, we weren't doing nothing, just having a few beers and whatever. And the deal got over, and Davy said, "Well, we're here. We might as well watch the first perf." I said, "What is this deal, anyways?" He says. I don't know, IPRA or something. I right. said, I ain't never heard of it. Let's go watch it. <laughs> and because at the time, um, Ford and Jet, yep. you know, we went to college with them. Well, actually, we knew them from college because, you know, they were quite a little younger than me. Uh, but anyways, they, you know, we were still living in Weatherford, and they were there in college by then and, uh, and whatever. So... Anyways, uh, I watched Cord win like I don't know nine or ten thousand that night, that first perf. Mm-hmm. And I looked at Davy and I kind of elbowed him and I go, "I bet I could do that." Right. And he goes, "And he goes, I dare you." Really? Okay. And, yeah. And that was in January. So in May, uh, or I don't know, maybe I can't remember. It seems I don't know a month later or whatever. I bought my card. Okay. And I I caught rides to uh, Huntsville, Alabama, Longhorn deal, and then I went to uh, went to one after that somewhere I don't even remember Mississippi or something. And they were pretty hard on me, and 
And I was like, man, I don't know about this IPRA deal. These guys are kind of stuck on them on their own guys, I think. Okay. Okay. And it was really weird because, uh, I went to these two rodeos and I got on the exact same two horses and I was like, man, this is weird. And the bareback horse I got on was not very rider friendly. Yeah. And, uh, and I kind of, kind of had my way with that horse both times. And, and it was a whole lot of work wrapped up in a bay sack to, to be real honest. And I thought, man, if, if, if a guy, you know, first one like that mm-hmm. and he went sixth mm-hmm. and you watch what won first. Yeah. I don't know how much fun this, this association is going to be. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. And then I was home, you know, I was working and, and stuff and living in Weatherford. And, uh, right after that, I don't know, in, in April, the rodeo started kind of, you know, started, I don't know, they started putting them on and, and stuff. The outdoor rodeos are right around Oklahoma. And, uh, so I, I entered Owasso, Oklahoma, and I got on a, on a horse of David Bailey's that, uh, I think it went to the NFR once this horse was getting a little older and and anyways, I don't make a long story short. Uh, I won the bareback riding by like nine points and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe they'll accept me now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and after that, you know, then it was just, I, I, I entered them, you know, I entered them like I, how I work. I just go, you know, balls to the walls basically. Yeah. And, uh, I ended up, uh, a friend of mine, I've known him my whole life, Corey Evans, he was winning the world that year and he had probably $15,000 on me and, and, uh, ended up, I, I caught him at the finals and beat him. And so I won my first IPRA bareback riding world title in 03. Yeah. The first year I, I won it. Yeah. The first year I had my card, I won it. So. Yeah. So that was your rookie season. You were rookie of the year. And according to what I, what I've got in front of me here in 2003, yes, bareback bronc ride champion. Um, so what, what stands out for you at that first finals where you had to close $15,000, uh, in gap between you and Corey Evans? Well, it, it was a lot of fun for me because, um, by that time, my old buddy, Roger Lacoste yeah, Canadian. from Quebec. Yeah. yeah he he was there too so every round it was just me and him you know fist fighting one another and it was it was so much fun you know the first night he was 86 i was 83 the next night i think you know i don't know it flip-flopped back and forth and and uh it ended up where Corey, uh he he's a bad diabetic he's got a, a pump on him you know he's and had it for years and it just got him wore down and he just, he didn't draw that good and he didn't ride that good. And, and I just kind of, I don't know, I, I, I want to say I just lucked out and ended up catching him because he didn't, I don't think he won hardly anything. And, uh, and I just had a really good finals and, and, uh, you know, worked out in my favor, but, uh, it, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun for me. I, and, when you're when you're second place, there's no pressure on you, right? 
you know, right. you, you just, you're just there to have fun. And, and that's what I did. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the way I always looked at it anyways, but. Yeah. And you alluded to that last time we spoke about, um, how do you quiet yourself to be able to ride? How do you uh, really focus on the job at hand? And how do you take that pressure and turn it into, you described it as, turn it into adrenaline or drive or heart or whatever it may be? One of the, right. one of the concepts that I've heard a lot about um, is a concept of being in the zone. Right. Okay. Um, do you remember, I mean, were you, do you have experiences of, of being in the zone while you were riding? Um, any one or two or whatever stand out for you? Well, no, there, there was a lot. Okay. You know, there, there was a lot of them. Uh, really, I mean, people can, can, uh, can take that pressure and, and let them, let it get to them or they can use it to their advantage, you know? And, uh, and by the time I'd gotten to the IPRA that, you know, the, the whole pressure game with me was, was gone. You know, I, I, cause I'd been, you know, I'd been in some fairly high pressure situations where, uh, you know, things come right down to that last horse. Uh, you know, just say for, for example, I, I can remember the reason why I won the, the all around in the, in that, uh, central plains region it come down to the last saddle bronc and and to be real honest with you that was a lot of pressure for me because i was a bareback rider that got on saddle broncs right. you know and and it was nothing for me to get dusted in the bronc riding really okay and uh so it come right down to that last horse and uh and i just turned it into well let's just have fun with it and uh and you know, really, it it uh, if you if you have that ability to to turn the pressure into something good instead of letting the pressure get to you, you know, something positive and and uh, and have fun and just get, you know the pressure should just get your motor running and uh, and not make you crumble. Yeah, basically, you know, which a lot of guys do. I've seen it over the years happened to a lot of them okay. but uh but that's kind of what i would do you know i i just if you if you think about it it's you and that horse it's not you against someone you know it's it's the horse you're getting on and and uh and it's doesn't matter you know anything else doesn't matter as long as you do your job uh you you're probably gonna prevail yeah and and Circling back to Roger Lacoste, you said that you battled with him. Had you met Roger before? He had, he had a Canadian bareback rider, and I think he had, he had competed for quite a bit in, the West, in Western Canada. Had you come across him before? Oh, yeah. Okay. He, he come and stayed at my apartment in Snyder, Texas. Okay. When them guys were rodeoing and stuff, they'd, they'd all stopped in there because uh, I can't remember who who he was traveling with at the time. He wasn't traveling with Chris Harris at the time. He was, uh, maybe Brian Hawk. Okay. I can't remember for sure, but, uh, 
but them guys stopped in there and they hung out at our at our apartment for you know a couple of days and and that's how I got to know him. And then of course after that, then I went to Canada and was rodeoing up there with Davey. Okay. And and battling with him in the finals, you knew him. And I like to tie that back to it's me against the horse, not me against Roger. Was that the mindset all the way through? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because me and Roger were we'd high five each other coming out of the arena and stuff. You know, it wasn't me against him. Yeah. It was it was just two older guys having fun, okay. basically. Okay. That's what it boiled down to, yeah. you know. And and did did the judging and everything ultimately come around, Sean, to where you felt you got your fair shot? Um, yeah, it did. You know, I don't know. It's when it when there's something that's judged by a human, yeah. there's going to be mistakes no matter what. I don't care if I'm judging or who's judging. You know, there's going to be mistakes, and uh, and it, you know, it. Whether they like you or not, they got to try to. They better treat you fair. They ain't gonna have a job. Right. Right. Okay. Good. But it it come around, you know. It it come around to where, you know, everybody thought I was getting loaded because of my name. Sure. You know. So <laughs> right. I right. I went from one extreme to the next. You know, yeah. from yep. thinking, man, I just got screwed. To, holy crap! They just loaded me. Right. You know. So right. it it it's 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 all a, a circle. Yeah. Yep, all goes round and round. The other thing that you had said, you're a bareback rider who gets on saddle bronc rider on saddle bronc. Okay. Um, when did that change? I'm, I, I know you won four saddle bronc riding world championships. Did yep. that ever change? Did you ever get confident? Did you ever go, yeah, this is this is cool. This is where I want to be on the bronc riding saddle bronc ride. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what year it was. Uh, but I had, I had, uh, I'd been through three or four saddles that, that one year. And, and I finally got, uh, Todd left, which I, I called him and I said, would you build me a saddle? I said, the one I'm riding is broken about 14 places. <laughs> and, uh, he said, absolutely. He said, you need a saddle. He said, I'll send you the one I've been riding. Cause I'd sat in his saddle one other time. And I was like, man, that thing feels good. And it, it was his own design, his own tree, and everything. And uh, and I, I really have no idea what year this even was, but uh, that saddle took me from from feeling like, you know, I, I'm going to win a check to I can win first. Hmm. So and, the confidence in the saddle, the way it felt. Yep, yep, exactly. Because it, it was just... Bronc riding was just another event for me, and for the longest time, I never really even took it that serious. Okay, I'd win, you know, I'd win checks and and whatever, and I was like, well, that's just a bonus. And uh, and and then when I started taking it serious is when I started, you know, I don't know, won won four world titles in that one saddle. Okay, <laughs> so oh, all four, all of them won in that one saddle. Very nice. Yeah. So yep. so last time we talked, I said, okay. There's a, there's a, um, you know, a lot of Cowboys will say 90%, you know, mental, uh, you said you thought it was an 80, 20 split, 80% yeah. mental, 20% and the 20 cents heart drive and that sort of thing. Uh, so what percentage is equipment 
Uh, and you just pointed to, I mean, where you go from, well, I think I can win a check to no, I can win this particular event because of the confidence of the saddle. So what percentage is your equipment would you say? Uh, that's, you know, that, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you, if you say you're riding in a rigging that's, that's wore out flat, you know, the handles twisting in it, you know, whatever, yeah. there's, a, there's a jillion things that can go wrong with them riggings, you know, nine times out of 10, your hand ain't going to stay in and you're not going to win nothing. Okay. So you got to have good equipment. Yeah. Uh, as far as the, it's the same with the Bronx saddles, you know, geez, there, there's, I don't know how many different kinds of saddles out there uh, that, you know, that a guy can pick from, but they, there's, there's guys that would have a brand new saddle. And then these are friends of mine that I, I'm not going to name names, but there were some of them, you know, they were, were 86 points last night mm-hmm. and we, we get to the next rodeo and they're like, Said my saddle. See yeah. what you think of it. I'm yeah. like, why don't you just leave it alone? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they would fight them and fight them and fight them. But, but yeah, I mean, your, your equipment is, you got to have good equipment no matter what. I, I don't care what, what anyone says. You got to have a rigging that's, you know, I, I never rode probably 40 barebacks at the most with one rigging. Really? And then I get yeah, then I get a new one. Oh wow. Okay. So that was just that was just part of the practice. However, it looks like you rode in that Bronx saddle for about eight years more right. or more. Yep. Okay. Okay. And that saddle it, it never changed. Okay. It never you know, it I, I use the same leathers, the same everything on yeah. it. I never touched anything. I'm like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And, uh, and it, to this day, that, that saddle's in the nose of this trailer headed to Utah okay. just for a spare for, for Tate. Okay. Uh, and it, it is, uh, it's still got the exact same leathers. It's still set up exactly the same as it was the last time I rode it. <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. So the binds and everything are set exactly like you last was on? Yep. I'll be done. Yep. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um, and then moving on, you in 2004, um, championship year, you win, uh, you win the bareback riding again in the IPRA, the world championship, and you pick up your first all around championship. What yeah. do you, what do you remember about that first all around belt? Uh, I don't know. That's the only one I ever wear too. Is it really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's the one I wear all the time. Uh, I, you know, I, so for me, it, it was never, I never set out to do that. Like I never set out to win a world title of any kind. Um, for this reason, for this reason being, you know, don't set yourself up for disappointment or failure. Okay. Um, I'd, I'd said, I, you know, years before you know, is all I had in my head was NFR, NFR, NFR. I'm going to go, you know, and make the NFR. And, you know, I, I don't know. I come close a couple times and, and, uh, stuff and it just injuries and, and whatever would, would get, get in my way. And well, that was just setting myself up for disappointment. Yeah. So 
I don't know what year it was. I, I'm guessing probably 2099 or 2000 or something. I, I went to back to the, basically the, the basics of the game, okay. you know, ride every horse you get on to the best of your ability and where that takes you at the end of the year. If that means you made the NFR or won a world title in the IPRA or, or whatever, uh, you know, you've done the best you could do. Okay. okay. And, you know, it's like I've been asked that a hundred times in interviews, you know, after I, after the, the finals and stuff and, and they'd say stuff like, so your, you know, your goal for next year is win a world, you know, win the, win the IPRA, the, the bareback ride and the bronc ride and all around, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> no. They're like, what? I'm like, no, I, I don't think like that, you know? And, uh, and it, every one of the, you know, the, the people doing the interviews, they'd look at me and scowl and yeah. be like, well, that? I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't look at stuff like that, you know? Okay. And, uh, so that way, you know, if you get, get hurt or whatever, that's, that's part of rodeo. That's part of life. That's just the way it is. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. And, you know, life goes on. Yeah. You heal up and you start over. Yeah. So in 99, back to the basics, that was your theme. And that was what you said you're going to do. Falls where it falls, you said. What did that change in your mindset? What? I mean, yeah. What would that do for you? Yeah. It, 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 it really, it took the pressure off of me of you know, and, and that, that's my own pressure that I would put on myself to, to do the very best I could possibly do. Uh, and then at the end of the year, not make my goal. Yeah. So when I switch them goals around to my goal is to ride every horse I get on the very best of my ability, you know, it basically, it really, it, it, it took the, the pressure off of myself Okay. You know, because I, I had a certain standard for myself that if I didn't, it didn't matter what horse it was, whether it was a big eliminator or, you know, a little hopper. Yeah. If, you know, if I rode them to the best of my ability, then I was satisfied with myself. Okay. And, and speaking of that, riding to the best of your ability and so forth, uh, did you ever get on cold streaks? Yeah. Um, not so much in the bareback riding, but I man, I'd hit some, I'd hit some brick walls in the bronc riding before I got that saddle. Oh, okay. Uh, I I went through, I don't know, she's probably ten dolls, and then I I went to the G bar G's, I went to a G bar G gold, a G bar G two, I had them all, and uh, and man, I. I to be honest with you, I had a hell of a time. Hmm. And, and uh, you know, it was always, I was always taught to, you know, ride through it. Okay. You know, you got to ride, yeah. you know, you, you got to keep riding and keep going. And, and which I did. And, uh, and, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd have some streaks where they, in the bronc riding, especially where I'd just be fighting them saddles and, and, uh, and it's like, man, I don't, I don't know when I'm gonna, you know, ride through this slump, but it's getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and so at that speak, time, you know, yeah, and at that time you're traveling a bunch, ton of hours on the road, ton of miles. One of the things I had heard um, was the ability to uh, learning how to ride tired. Yeah, yeah, tired and sore. Um, <laughs> the the way the way I look at it, if you can't put it aside for eight seconds, or in my case, sixteen seconds. You're not very tough. Okay. Okay. You know, you need to you need to go get you a, a croquet. You know, go play some croquet or some volleyball or something because rodeo is not for you. Right. And uh, you know, so because like through the summer, you know, you go to all them one day rodeos in Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, Michigan. And then as soon as I was done with whatever rodeo I was at on Thursday, mm-hmm. I would drive 10, 12, 14 hours to Ontario or Quebec. And I went to all them good rodeos. And then Sunday, as soon as I was done, I'd, you know, I would all night it back to a, a one day somewhere, you know, on Monday night. Okay. And, and I did most of that stuff, you know, well, my, my boys were pretty little when I was doing all that. So I would take off and go to Canada a lot by myself. And then I, when I got back into the States, then I'd pick everybody up and, you know, take them rodeoing because okay. both, both of my boys were rodeoing by the time they were two weeks old. Oh, they were traveling with you. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. so six-hour trip, no big deal for these guys. No, no, <laughs> no. They're... They they look at it, look at me and they're like it's only six hours. Yeah, I'm like yeah, big deal. all right, yeah. let's roll. So, so so this time you're talking about when you're doing Canada and you're all over the the Midwest, Illinois, Kentucky, etc. Were you headquartered in? Uh, were you living still in Weatherford, Oklahoma? No, um, I moved I moved to Ohio in '04, I think. Oh, okay, so okay. Or maybe even 03. Might have moved to moved to Ohio in 03 or 04. Right in there somewhere. Uh, like in the fall of 03, I think I moved. Uh, and then, you know, geez, then I was like, holy crap. All the rodeos are right here. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. so, so I, you know, go to, go to the one dares and then I'd sneak off and go see Sam and and then go to Canada or whatever, you know, BJ and Sylvan and, and all them guys. And, and, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't remember how many minivans I went through yeah. Yeah. and, and rent a cars and, and, uh, you know, they, they got to where they didn't want to rent me a car no more because they had, uh, Alamo had unlimited miles and, <laughs> they they just couldn't believe that you could put three thousand miles on one in three days. You're I'm right. like, I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's nothing. Piece of cake, like, absolutely. <laughs> um, at the time, were you, was this your full time job? I mean, year round, maybe slowed yeah. up in the winter, but you were still had building rodeos and finals and stuff like that to get to. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, I had a real job, a real welding job. I think Bull was like two years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I went and welded. We worked four tens, and we did all these, you know, high pressure welds and, and stuff. We were actually uh, put in a new cooling system uh, at a shingle factory, mm-hmm. 
And uh, so I'd work four tens Monday through Thursday, and then as soon as I got off, got home from work, man, we was headed south, and you know we go see Ken Treadway and and uh, oh Bubba and all them guys down south, and and uh, on the weekends, and then as soon as we was done, we'd skin her back home, and I'd go back to work, and I and really for a guy like me that that real job just made you ride better did it okay you know it, it would make you make you try harder and and stuff but really that's i've been self-employed other than that and i and i only worked that job about six months i think something like that and it was just through the winter yeah. and uh and they kept wanting to send me off on these outages to alabama and you know for for three weeks at a time and and i just i wouldn't i wouldn't leave my kids so I, I was like, I ain't doing it, you know, and they were running out of work around, around us and, and stuff. And I was like, well, sorry guys, but I'm staying with my kids and, and, uh, and I'll just keep rodeoing. And so that's what I did. And, and looking at your stats and we're going to go to, to a little bit of your stats here. Um, in 2006 championship year. So the summer of 2006. You kicked off on a nine-year run of winning the all-around championship in the International Professional Rodeo Association, uh, which got you your full 10 championships there. Um, Two years, 2009, and again in 2013, you won all three events. You won two of the events, uh, Bareback and Saddle Bronc, and the all-around point championship, so that trifecta, if you will. What stands out for you? Were you doing something different in 2009 and 2013? Going harder? What What um, can yeah, yeah. Both of, Actually, both of those years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 08, I had rumors um, that guys were coming to get me, and... and uh, they, you know, they were out to get me, going to beat me and whatever. And I'm like, all right, better start entering. <laughs> right. And, uh, right. and so they did, you know, and, and I can't even remember all the details of 09, but I'm pretty sure in 09, they couldn't touch me in the all around or the bareback riding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for a fact in 13 that I couldn't be touched. And I don't think they could have caught me in all three. No, I believe that's uh, right. But instead of me, you know, saying anything to him, I shut him up that way. Well, and you did. And, and I'm looking at the stats here. So you win the bareback bronc riding championship for the world, the saddle bronc riding championship for the world, the all around championship. In the bareback riding that year, you won $50,000 at that time, a, a record. In the saddle bronc riding, you won $42,000. And I think to your point of shutting them up, you won the, you won the average in the bareback riding at the international finals rodeo and the all around in the finals that same year. So a big statement year. So, um, Next time, if they're coming to get you, if I'm coming to get you, Sean, I'm probably going to be quiet about it. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it, it was just, I don't know what the, what set me off because yeah. there was always somebody saying that shit, you know, yeah. sorry about it. 
nothing, but, uh, you know, there's always somebody saying that stuff. And, and, uh, and I, I don't know, for some reason, those years, they just set me off and, and instead of arguing with them or telling them anything, I'm just like, well, they better get to entering then because I'm going to rodeo. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't know, it, it just separates the men from the boys and, and, to me, anyways, you know, yeah. Yeah. if you can't put your money where your mouth is, you probably ought to just shut up. Right, right. So, so even though in 99 you said it falls where it falls, the pressure changes, each ride for it speaks for itself, was there an additional incentive that particular year when the talk was going on around? Did it turn it up just a bit? Um, no, not really. I mean that in 99, uh, I had went to San Antonio and I think I won second in the first round at San Antonio in the bareback riding. And then, uh, uh, the second round, uh, I had a horse. I can't remember what happened for sure got a re-ride and they run him right right back in i mean i barely had time to take my glove off and put it back on and and daryl daryl Chillack and and david shields i was traveling with them guys and i'll never forget the horse's name was torpedo of westerns they said just they said just stay back and have fun and i was like all right <laughs> and uh and so anyways this horse really bucked and uh and I ended up winning the second round. Uh, I think I was 83 again. And so going into the short round, I was like nine points ahead of everybody. Okay. Uh, going into the short round at San Antonio. And uh, I ended up, I had uh, I had Red Cloud Skull of Service, and he was pretty bad to stall. Uh, and he was an old horse, you know, he's an old eliminator. He'd been to the NFR a bunch of times and, and, uh, well, he stalled once and they opened the gate and they, he stalled and then they slammed the gate, opened it again and he stalled, but old survey, he jumped up there and hit him with a hot shot Oh wow! and he, and he run me down the gate. And as soon as we got past the end of the gate, of course, I reached up there and marked him out and it was a battle. Uh, between me and that horse, I, I was sure happy when the whistle blew. I remember that. Yeah. And, uh, so they, well, anyways, they, they threw the flag on me and, uh, there was a judge about got whipped over that deal <laughs> and, and stuff. But, uh, I joked with Kelly Wardell all the time that he's got my buckle because oh. he ended up winning. <clears throat> he won San Antonio that day. He had old Chester gold bandit <laughs> oh, wow. and, uh, he earned, so he earned it. And, uh, and right after that, um, you know, I was, I was like fourth in the world in the PRCA. I'd, I'd won a bunch at, at Rapid City and, you know, won a bunch, um, at San Antonio. I, they, that was a year that, uh, Fort Worth had a, had a $10,000 one header. I won it and I won like 7,000 out of there. So I was, I was really kicking butt. And, you know, just had my sights set on, on the NFR and, uh, come around May, you know, we go to Cloverdale, BC 
and I get on one of Kessler's that everybody told me not to because he was pretty bad eliminator and I went ahead and got on him anyways and that's when uh, I don't know about the fifth jump he destroyed my elbow and uh, I got him rode and, and stuff and I got off and I knew my arm didn't feel very good and I thought well you know through May I'm going to go home and, and brand and and uh, let this thing heal up a little bit I got a pretty good jump on everyone for the summer start and i didn't go i didn't go to a rodeo until uh reno oh and uh and my arm still wasn't right and uh and it just it was kind of one of them transitioning periods in my in my head and in my life where you know the knowing is all i got to do is just keep going uh and, and I'll make the NFR to, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it because I can't ride right because my elbow is so screwed up, you know. And so it was a it was a transitioning deal for me where I, I think more maturity than anything, you know, being disappointed and knowing in the back of your mind that your arm ain't right, but you're still going and you're trying to battle through the pain and, and stuff. Uh, well, I ended up, I, I, I'd won a bunch. I got on commotion at, at Greeley that year, and and we shot my elbow full of cortisone, and, and that lasted for about 15 minutes right before I had nodded my head, and, of course, then it hurt again. Uh, but I got a commotion road, and I think I won, I think I won the round or second round or something on him, and then ended up second overall. And then I didn't win a check again until... I don't think I want another check. All and then when, once we got to Pendleton, I went and rode there, and and then I'm like, I'm done, because I was already, you know, 19th or 20th or something by then, and uh, and it was all because of that elbow, because I was turning horses out that normally I'd go get on, but I knew that as soon as they yanked on me, I you know I was done, so. <laughs> That that was kind of a turning point for me, uh, and and you know the way my outlook and the way I looked at at rodeo and and you know my life basically, I, I was like because I, I was really disappointed and, and I was like man I I got to start looking at it, this stuff differently, and uh, and I did and once I got that stuck in my head that I'm going to ride every one of them as good as I can possibly ride instead of setting big goals for myself to be disappointed, you know, uh, that was a big turning point in my career as far as how I looked at stuff. And, and, uh, and it was, it, I went from being, you know, kind of a wild child that made quite a little money riding bucking horses to turning it into a business. And, uh, you know, and winning world titles and, and making a living at it, you know. So that that's kinda of, that was kind of my turning point in my life where where it all kind of come together. And that makes sense. That that gives a little more basis to what you had talked about earlier. So thank you for thank you for that. Um and talk a little bit about the elbow injury. Did it healed up? You were fine? Do you wear a brace or did you wear a brace when you were competing after that? 
No, uh, I didn't go anywhere after Pendleton. I just went home and went home. I went home and preconditioned cattle and helped Craig check and and uh, my dad really didn't need me. So uh, then again, I was I got hired to go to, to Oklahoma to take care of a whole bunch of wheat cattle down there in Weatherford. So I went down there and my elbow wasn't getting any better. I, I just I knew it wasn't, and uh, but you know, in order to use that insurance, you gotta go to a rodeo and you know use it. So I entered Denver. Uh, I think that'd have been in 2000. Would have been the winter, yeah, the winter of 2000, I think. And uh, I entered Denver. I uh, went and got on my first horse, and my elbow was definitely not better. I think if anything, it was worse. Oh. And so then we, we go to the cowboy downhill and we just went skiing and, and stuff. And I got back to the top of the hill there and, and I seen Tandy screaming and, and I said, Hey Tandy, I said, I'll buy you a beer when we get to the bottom of the hill. If you look at my elbow and he goes, sure. No problem. So we skied to the bottom of the hill down there and, and, uh, I took my. We got to the to the deal there. I bought him a beer and and uh, I took my coat off and rolled my arm or my sleeve up on my arm. And he goes, "Holy!" I ain't even gonna say what he said. Oh wow! He goes, oh, wow. he goes, that can't be. <laughs> he said, "Are you trying to ride with that?" And yeah. I'm like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> he goes, "Jesus!" Yeah. And uh, he said, "Are you entered in Fort Worth?" And I said, "Yeah." And I said that towards the middle of next week and he goes well he said when you get down there he said i'll be there and he said we'll take some x-rays of it whatever and i was like all right so we did and and sure enough it was what had happened was i i I, it tore muscle away from the bone and then uh some of the muscle had tore pieces of the bone away too and it bled and and then it clotted and calcified and turned into bone. It was just a, it was just a wreck. Wow. And uh, table, I don't know, the next week. And uh, he said he took a sawzall and cut off that chunk of bone that was on the backside of it. And he said, I got a full baby jar, uh, one of the baby food jars full of your uh all the bone chips and everything that was oh, in, the, wow. in the middle of my elbow. And, okay. and he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, don't use it for, he said, don't ride anything for like three or four months. Okay. And, uh, he said, but, but he said, use it. He said, just don't ride anything. He said, let everything get healed up. I was like, all right. So, I, I went back to Weatherford, and then I was I was back and forth Weatherford and back at the ranch in Nebraska, and uh, I thought, well, I'll enter some some NSRA rodeos, which is Nebraska State, mm-hmm. you know, amateur rodeos, and uh, I ended up winning that deal that year, and I was like, well, I think my elbow is good. I went to both. I went to quite a few PRCA rodeos. I think I made the circuit finals, and. Uh, and that kind of thing, just making sure that elbow was all right. And uh, after that, it was it was good to go. Okay, okay, no issue even today. 
No, no. I I had a I had a brace built and I used it a lot. Um, but never never does it ever it never even got sore after that. Like I I can take some pretty good yankings and uh, you know, I, I got on Corona like I don't know, thirty times. Okay, of Sam's <laughs> of Sam's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think at least, I don't know, I lost track at 29 or 30, 31, I don't even know. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't easy to ride, so uh, my elbow was fine after that. Old Tandy, he fixed it up. Okay. And I remember in the in the early 2000s when you got your card and you started coming, we'd see you up, we'd see you up in the Northeast. We'd see you at Benton and Ford City and some of these other rodeos there. Yep. Um, of the horses. So just be thinking through that time period, what are the ones you talk about Corona, Sam's horse, what were some of the horses where you went, man, if I could draw this horse, this is, this is the one I want of all the contractors that were out there that you were riding. What were like your top three, man, if I can draw these, I'm going to smoke it. Well, two of them would have been Sam's Corona and big gun, big gun. You know, the big bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had horses that were a lot nicer to ride. But I, I still had that mentality that, you know, if he wasn't yanking on you a little bit, you probably weren't getting on a real true live bucking horse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I tease all them guys that get on them little hoppers that, you know, they'd have to, you know, sometimes they'd beat me if I didn't get on the right one, you know. And I'd be like, well, you could ride him with a main hole, you know, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. I just give him, give him hell. But, uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I would hate to guess how much money I want on Corona okay. over the years. Okay. Uh, there was, there was quite a few horses. Yeah. Uh, I think probably the rankest horse I ever got on in my entire life was commotion of Benny Butler's, yeah. uh, he turned back at Greeley with me that year. I got on that horse four times, but at Greeley that year, you know, it's early in the in the year, and he he uh, man, he was ranked that day. I know he he after the whistle, he threw me off so hard that when I got up, I was headed towards the, the roping box instead of the bucking shoes. Oh wow! And old Benny was hollering at me, "You come this way, buddy." <laughs> Going yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. Where you headed? I'm yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> but uh there there was some you know, like three bar J had a had a little roan horse. I don't even know what he called her. Uh every time I got on her, I was like eighty eight, eighty nine. Oh wow. You know, she was phenomenal. Uh he had a little paint mare that was the same. Uh just about the same tracks and everything. Uh, you know, there there was a lot of them. Uh, that that I got on that I really, really liked. You know, Mike Ladding, you know, you get on about every one of his. Uh, I, I don't know, that, that old paint horse, no telling how much money I've, I've won on him, of Ladding's, you know. Uh, I don't know. There was even a horse the other day that we bucked to his that I'd been on a bajillion times and and he still had the same tracks, and I and I still kind of cringed when I watched when I tripped the flank on him the other day. I was like, man, I'm, I'm glad that ain't me on him. 
uh, when you traveled, did you keep a book of the Bronx? Did you make notes? Uh, uh, no, no, no. I used to, and then, and then after it, I, I, I used to, in the, especially in the PRCA, because them guys that would would try to change names on horses that you know to get you to come get on them when they were miserable eliminators you know they they changed the names on you and and so i there for a while i had a book but for the most part i always remembered the really bad ones and i always remembered the really good ones okay i didn't ever i always forgot about them horses that you won second or third on you know <clears throat> but uh no i never did i i started one a long time ago and and then i i just kind of I was like, it don't matter. I'm going to get on him. Or <laughs> anyway, so right. You know, I'll remember. I'll remember him about the third jump. I'll go. Oh yeah, I remember this one. Yeah. Okay. So and then <laughs> by the third jump, you go. Oh yeah, I've been here. I know this one. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah you're getting the corn yanked out of you, and yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, I remember this one. Yeah. You know. So but. so shifting to the regionals, finals, and that sort of thing. You had declared and rode for three or four years in the central region. Now, right. was that, that's not Ohio, was it? Or is it? No, that was, that was like, uh, that was like, I think that's Indiana and Illinois and Missouri and Wisconsin. Okay. So something like that. I you think. were leaving in Camden and uh, living in Camden and mostly traveling that way then? You declare? No, no, no. I, I never, I never worried about that region stuff okay. much. Okay. Uh, you know that for me, that was just another finals to go to. Right. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, it was never really on my radar as far as uh, trying to win it or anything like that. You know. Okay. Okay. And and in the central region, I have that you won the uh, Saddlebronk Central Region title two times the all-around central region three times, and then you shifted to the northeast. And there were two years that just absolutely positively stood out. 2007, you win the northeast region, bareback riding, saddle bronc riding, and all-around, and you duplicated that again in 2009. So all-in, you had won 11 regional titles, which then qualified you the all region finals and you won five times down there you won the bareback bronc ride uh champion tell me talk a little bit about that all regional final was that similar to the international finals rodeo yeah it was it was good um i know for i don't know three or four or five years it was fort pierce florida mm -hmm. uh so that was always a good break to get out of get out of cold country and go down there uh and it was always fun you know sam brought horses and and uh i can't even remember who all brought horses but i'm just remember sam always bringing you know his he bring his a team down there and and uh and i you know you're either gonna win or you're gonna eat dirt yeah when sam would bring his good ones you know yeah. uh, and it, it was just a lot of fun uh it and again, you know, it, it wasn't a, it, it wasn't a, a deal where 
I was, you know, out to to win it. You know, I was just there to try to make a living. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, it it was just like going to another rodeo for me. Okay. Uh, you know that they they'd give you trinkets at the end of it. <laughs> right. Right. Uh. It was it was a lot of fun there for a few years when they'd give you saddles and stuff. You know, when it, I think it moved to Montgomery, Alabama for two or three years there or something like that. They they give saddles and and everything for the for the region, and uh, those are those were pretty nice. There there was that was a lot of fun back then. Okay, okay. And when you talk about Sam and Rawhide Rodeo, uh, you gotta put into the fold Saint Pete. Quebec. Yeah, that's my favorite rodeo. So talk a little bit about that. When did you first go up there? When did you first see it? And what was your impression? Uh, it had been 03. would have been my first time up there. Uh, and I thought, you know, because I'd been to all of them. I'd been to Calgary and Houston and San Antonio and Pendleton. And, you know, I've been to all them good rodeos. And uh, as for me, the atmosphere at St. Tite is hands down as good or even better than the NFR. Really? Okay. For me, okay. you know, like, especially like, like as, if I was a competitor, I would say that the St. Tite is going to be right in there with the NFR. Really? Uh, atmosphere and how loud it is and how the crowd get it, gets into it and, and uh, and I thought, man, I have never seen anything like this. You know, it's eight o'clock at night, and there's seventy five hundred drunk Frenchmen screaming at you to do good. Right. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, the music's loud, and the horses buck, and you know, there was years at St. Tite where Calgary brought their B team horses over there, so there were just big fat hoppers and. And it, it was so much fun for me. Uh, I, you know, and, and that rodeo was was always really good to me and, and, and stuff. Like, I always drew good there. And, I mean, I'd always get on 14 or 15 or 16 or 17 head in, in a week. But, yeah. uh, you know, I was, I was always tired by the end of it. But it was so worth it for me. You know, I, I – I, I thought that was so much fun. Uh, I think the best year I ever had there, I won like 17,000, uh, three or four coats in one year, you yeah. know, so it, it was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And all that money counted for the, uh, IFR or the IPA yeah. championship. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and Never would you go of. up, you talk about, you know, 16, 18, 20 head, how many you got on up there? So you'd go up and stay the full 10-day period? Well, it wasn't uh, – I don't remember what year he started it, Sylvan and them guys, but they had – that first weekend, they turned it into the Canada Cup. Oh, okay. So we would go to all them rodeos through the summer to qualify for the Canada Cup. Okay. So the first weekend, you know, it's Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday morning at 11 – and then the short round would be Sunday afternoon at four. So I would get on a bareback and a saddle bronc at one in the afternoon. And then I'd get on a bareback Saturday night, 
Then I get on my second saddle bronc uh, Sunday morning at 11. Uh-huh. And then I get on two more in the short round, generally, yeah. you know, yeah. if you made the short round. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was that was a pretty good warm-up for the week. You know, that was always the first weekend. And then, uh, uh, you know, so, yeah, I was there for 10 days mm-hmm. every time. Okay. Um, and do you remember, is there any one particular short round or afternoon or just anything that really stood out for you at St. Pete? Probably the year that I got to get on uh, Chester uh, was a big one for me. I drew around that horse for, you know, 12 years or so in the PRCA. And that horse was bareback horse of the year in the PRCA went to the eliminator pin every year uh, and he was prestigious you know to be able to get on him i mean he was no fun at all yeah and he made he was a whole lot of work but as far as something that really stood out you know uh i got i got two stories but but he was one of them um you know that horse felt like a different horse every jump i've never been on anything like him oh wow Okay. And I'd been on a lot of bareback horses by the time I got to get on him, but he he felt like he felt like a completely different horse every jump. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he was he'd been to so many rodeos and bucked so many times that when the whistle blew and I went to jump off of him, he went ahead and made sure that he stepped on me just because, <laughs> just because, okay, you know, and just drove me into the dirt. I was like, yeah. Tip my hat to him. I was like, that's a fucking horse right there. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, one year I had Mardi Gras the first weekend uh, in the short round in the Bronx riding for the Canada Cup. I wanted on him. And then uh, I messed around and drew him again for the rodeo, oh. the short round. And I wanted on him again. Uh, I won two different years on the same horse of uh oh the horse was a great big white horse called moby dick Mm. of uh jim lawrence's he's from uh yeah he's from uh i don't know he's from canada but yep yep yeah he's like saskatchewan i think he's from saskatchewan but yeah but so there's a couple of them you know uh sam had you remember sam's horse the bareback horse that he got from Mike Ladding, the Bay and White paint, he called Sundown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I got on him and won the short round on him the first week. Uh, and then I drew him the second weekend, won the short round on him. And as soon as they took my rigging off of him the second week, he went back there and laid down, died of a heart attack. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of stories I could tell you about St. Yeah. you know, that, that really stand out. There's, there's tons of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you've named a lot of horses. Uh, you named some horses earlier when I said, which were the ones you wanted to get on? You talked about Corona, you talked about big gun. Um, you talked about, uh, the rank commotion of, uh, Benny Butler's, which horse, and now all these, which horse did you win the most on? I mean, one horse where you said, hands down, I won the most money on that. That's got to be Corona. Okay. Okay. 
I think I got I won rounds at the IFR on him. I won. I mean, I I, I won every big rodeo that Sam ever had on him. I I, I won on him in St. Pete. I I mean, I uh, I it would have to be him. I because I I have no idea how many times I've been on him, but it's been a it was a lot. Okay. You know, and he was an idiot. I mean, a retard <laughs> in the box. He kicked like he'd break them them tube twelves. He'd break them in half, kicking it and just. I mean, he was a bronc. But uh, I think the best I ever had him, best I ever had him feel. I, I'm pretty sure you were announcing it was at Benton, mm -hmm. and it was it was almost hailing. It was raining so hard. Yeah. Uh, when I nodded my head and he turned out of there and and got in the middle of that big, great big mud hole. Yeah. And he was in one spot. Yeah. And then he kind of turned back and come right back to the chutes and run into the chutes. Yeah. And bucking blind. I was like, man, that's the easiest I've had old Yeller. <laughs> 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 like it should rain more often like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, I, I'd hate to guess how much money I want on that horse, but okay. I, cause I told Sam one time, I said, when are you getting ready to retire old Yeller? I said, send him to my house. He can die there. Oh, okay. Because okay. he's paid for a lot of stuff for me. Yeah, yeah. And and you talk about full-time riding and, and big money that you want on Corona and all these other horses. It's expensive to go down the road, travels yeah. and all that sort of thing. You had some sponsors. One that stood out uh, that I saw on your Facebook page, Tommy Cooper. Yeah, yeah, the Tommy Copper, it was... Uh, Copper, okay. And, yeah, it was Copper-infused compression wear um uh, really rick samuels is the one that got me that uh somehow or another he he knew tom kalich the guy that invented it and uh they they wanted to do athletes and at the time i was kind of a hot item i guess back then mm -hmm. and uh they got me they got a, they put me on the phone with them. Of course, these guys are New Yorkers, you know, mm -hmm. from New York City. Oh, okay. And, uh, and I did my best talking that I could do. And they're like, when can you fly out? And I'm like, I guess whenever. Right. <laughs> as right. long as it's through the week. And okay. I think they flew me out there that next week, and we signed a contract. And it was it was a great deal for about three years. Really? Okay. So really yep. help going down the road. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so, the and the products work too. Like I, I still to this day wear it. Oh really? And okay, I wear great. The, great. Yeah, I wear the t shirts and and the shorts and okay. and uh Tate he he rides with stuff like that, you know, he uses all that stuff still. So okay. so let's let's shift to after retirement. So you retire basically when you were done, you were done, Sean? Well, no. I, I mean, I never really officially retired. Okay. Uh, I was still riding um, barebacks and saddle bronx, and then COVID come around, okay. uh, and I was just going to ride saddle bronx. Okay. And, you know, because Cole was, Cole was hired to trick rope and, and – uh, and you know, do his do his acts with his whips and, and stuff. 
And so wherever he was hired, I was just going to enter it, you know, Okay. try to pay for some fuel. And, and then COVID came around and shut everything down. And, and, uh, you know, we didn't do anything, but, you know, ride colts and, and haul horses across the country and drink beer. Okay. So okay. I kind of, I kind of found, I found, discovered that, you know, there's about 20 extra pounds on me now that I've never seen a bucking horse before. So, uh, I'm like, well, I think I, I guess I'll just quit. Yeah. I guess, you know, so, but I didn't, you know, I never, never told anyone or yeah. anything. I just yeah. we started, I started picking up and, yeah. and that was the end of it, you know? Okay. So what was the lot last bronc you were on? I don't even know. Okay. Okay. Pre-COVID? You haven't been on anything yeah, since it, COVID? I haven't been on a saddle bronc since COVID or before COVID there. Whatever, okay. Okay. whatever that come about, I I don't even remember for sure. Yeah, but. that would have been 2020. So no bronx, no bareback, no, no saddle bronc since, since that time. Yeah, no, no, I ain't been on nothing other than, uh, you know, a few colts and stuff that hog around there a little bit. Okay. So make me breathe hard. That's about it. <laughs> Understood. So you live in Camden with your kid and yep. you talk about Tate and you talk about Cole. Um, so Tate is, has been doing some bronc riding. Yep. Right. Did I see the IMRA Super Senior Saddle Bronc Riding Champion? Yep. And the IPRA Central Regional Tour. Yep. Okay. Um, is he going hard? I know he's. I know he's. Oh, he's eavesdropping on us. He can hear us talking. Has he been going hard? Does he have plans to go hard? Yeah, he's he's got big plans, but he's just sixteen. So. Oh, he is. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, we're. I'm keeping him grounded until uh, until he's ready to be turned loose. Okay. And when you do know, you figure uh, that is? When when do you figure that is? Is that age? I or? think I yeah. I'm gonna keep him kind of under my arm for another year. Okay. Okay. And then uh, and then you know then we'll by then he he, he should be ready to to kind of roll you know and go on his own and and be ready for all the horses that kind of really don't buck, but he's going to have to learn how to ride because he's been getting on good ones. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to learn how to ride them ones that nobody really wants to get I on to. I see. And, and he's <laughs> focusing just on saddle broncs, no barebacks, none of that. Yeah. He's, he'll ride the bucking machine a little bit with, with a rigging, but for the most part, uh, just, just bronc riding right now. Excellent. I did see a video of him on the Facebook page and looks good. 16 years of age looks really, really good. Good form, good pace. And, and Cole, um, he's, he's been doing some pickup. Has he been picking up with you? Yep. Yeah. He's been picking up with me. Oh, for about four years now, I guess. Okay. Okay. Picking up, and then of course he's got his tricker open, and and uh, and then he's got another act that he does with with whips, yeah, uh, and stuff. So he he stays pretty busy with that stuff. He, I guess the Miss America pageant just just booked him for some deal in Illinois in January. So oh, fun, very nice. He gets 
gets to go show off for the women. There you go. There you go. What's he taking? Trick roping, or is he going to take his whip axe? What? He's doing. He's doing both. He's doing both. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, he's going to trick rope, and then he's going to do do his whips and all that stuff. So, well, both of them, both of them doing good. Good. That's excellent. That's excellent. And how many? How many rodeos are you guys working a year, even today? Uh, I don't know. Probably about 30 performances or so. Really? Okay. So you're Something still like going that. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We stay busy. Yeah. We stay busy for sure. And then do you have any Bronx or Bulls at the house? Anything like that? Oh, yeah. You do? Yeah. We got we got broke saddle horses that, that are Tate's practice horses. Okay. So, uh, as far as the bulls go, we ain't, we got some, bulls got some minis and stuff. He's got a little red cow that will run over everybody. Okay. But, uh, but I don't, we don't, we don't have anything big, you know, as far as bucking bulls go. I don't, I, if I don't have nothing to do, I don't want to do nothing. And because whenever you don't have something to do, you can always go fix something that them bulls do. That's right. Yeah, you, you, so. you talked about that uh, in the last episode, how nice it was to have them bulls up in the feedlot so they weren't tearing yeah. fences down out the pasture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so are you still welding? Just, uh, just for myself. You are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got everything a guy can possibly need to build just about whatever, but, uh, we primarily focused, you know, focused on uh, my little transport company and uh, and riding colts at home. Okay. That's about it. That's about it. And when you talk about a transport company, one rig on the road, how many, how many, what are you pulling with? What do you, yeah, what do you pull? Yeah, we just have, just have one rig on the road right now. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's a run from uh, Peoria, Illinois to Albany, New York twice a month. And then uh, from Peoria to over by Oakley, Utah, oh, once wow. a month. Now, is that then, the run you're pulling right now? Or are you going out yeah. for Thanksgiving? No? Yeah. No, we're, we're doing that run right now. Oh, and then Tate's, Tate's going to uh, the Wrights' Bronc Riding School. That's I got. right. That's right. Okay. So we just put it all together to where we can make that run and, and uh, do it all at once. Is that Tate's first Bronc riding school he'll be attending? Yep. Oh, yep. Wow. wow. Be first one he's ever been to, except for me, chewing okay. his ass. That's about right, it. Right. And he's not in the left with saddle yet. He's got another saddle that he's riding. Yeah, he's riding a doll right now. That uh, my my left switch is maybe just a a tick too big for him still. Okay. And, so, and and how long is that bronc riding school out there with the right with the right? Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three right. days. Oh wow! So you'll be there the whole time. You guys will all be there. Yep. Oh, yep. We're nice. trying to trying to make sure we outrun this snowstorm that's about to blow through Wyoming and and Utah. Okay. At the moment, so yeah, Sunday we should be smooth sailing to come home that night. And as we've been talking, have you made it to, um, um, let me think, you're going across on 70. Have you made the Illinois state line yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we crossed into it. Okay, so you're hustling right along. 
Um, one other thing that I read, you had interest at one point about to, to wanting to be a rodeo coach. Yeah, I had, uh, I had been, uh, I had some people approach me about it. Okay. Uh, and, and I was kind of, I was kind of all for it other than, you know, once I got to thinking about what it paid, hmm. uh, I probably did enough babysitting at home yeah. that I didn't have to go to, you know, babysit other kid, other people's kids yeah. and try to coach them and, and stuff. And try you to know, bail them it, out. When it, it paid, I was like, I don't know. I, maybe I'm all right. But yeah. I mean, I, I'd still probably do it if the right opportunity, you know, yeah. presented itself. And, and a Sean Minor type shows up and next thing you know, he's in Mexico Cross the river, something about a stolen horse. <laughs> how, yeah. do, how do you deal with that, John? How do yeah. you deal with that? <laughs> well, we, we just laughed about it because it wasn't me that stole the horse, but right, it was two right. of my buddies. Right. And uh, when when they about drowned in the Rio Grande River, uh, that, that kind of, well, I mean, I was still laughing about it, but people that know me very well, they know that I laugh about stupid stuff all the time, but. Uh, it, and I'm still laughing about that today because I'll never forget it. They when they hit the when they hit the river, yeah. You know it was ker splash, ker splash, ker splash, and then all of a sudden, all three of them disappeared. The yeah. horse and both cowboys, and the only thing you could see was two cowboy hats floating and down the river. That's what I was going to ask if you could see and, the cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Kent Cox, the guy that uh, that used to take care of Bushwhacker. Uh-huh. He was one of them, and Colt Dowdy was the other one. Oh, wow. And uh, it, that was them two that, that, that stole that horse out of that little village in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it was – that was quite the experience. We we had burrow races, and, <laughs> and then we got run out of the bar because the burrows, they was worried about them crapping on the floor right. and the whole right. deal. It was, it was a lot of fun. Absolutely been poking around on your facebook page and to our listeners there uh sean uh has a great uh, uh facebook page out there it's called sean minor official fan page i put the link in the listener notes so wherever you're listening to this you can go find it in the notes click on it. it's going to take you to his facebook page on it there there were a couple things that i saw sean that i want to talk about first um the cowboy and arena champions hall of fame in 2020, you were inducted into that, into the class, um, with the all around. And that, and that was uh Kerrville, Texas, I believe. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that, that was, uh, that was, you know, a, a great honor for me to, to get, you know, selected for that. Uh, very surprising for one thing. Uh, but, but mostly I, you know, very humbling experience, you know, you, I get, they, they put me in there with the likes of Skipper Voss and, you know, some of the, some of the greats. And, uh, uh, it was, it was funny. I was having a conversation with Skipper and, uh, of course we knew a lot of the same people. And I said, I said, somewhere my mom has, has your autograph that I got from you and, I said, the only autograph I ever got in my entire life 
And uh, he said, are you kidding? And I said, no. No, he said, how old were you? And I said, I don't know, probably about six or seven. <laughs> and he goes, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, we're, he said, we're getting old. He said, well, I'm getting old. And I was like, well, no, it was, it's an honor to be standing here, you know, with all these guys. And, and uh, it, it was, a, it was a pretty neat story, pretty neat time to, to, you know, just to experience the, all the stories and, and stuff with them guys. It was, it was a lot of fun. Well, congratulations on that induction into the Hall of Fame. Well-deserved, my friend. Well-deserved. I appreciate it. And another thing I want to point out, and, and our listeners, you got to go to his, his official fan page. Um, there is a picture of Saddle. And I've seen a lot of pictures of a lot of Saddle. And uh, how many Saddles are in that picture? Uh... I, I think actually there's only like 46 or 48 in that picture. Okay. And uh, only, only 46 or 48. How many total could you have told, uh, could you pulled out to, to put on display? How many? Uh, 71, I believe. 71 saddles. You have one. I want to be clear. You have one in rodeo riding bucking horse. Yep. Okay. Yep. And what's the plan with all these saddles? Are you guys using some of them on, on a regular basis? Um, really, there's only a couple that we use. Uh, one of them was a certificate that I, I'd won, uh, and I got to pick the tree that I wanted because uh, we, we ride ranch cutters. And uh, them old roping saddles, you know, they just they don't, they don't cut it for me. I can't. I don't, they're not comfortable and, and stuff. So, but as far as what they're going to do with them, I don't know. You're going to have to ask these kids because I have no idea. They're, they're going to be theirs. Well, they'll be on when they're, when the minor rodeo museum is built in the <laughs> Sean minor wing. Cause we've got Tate, we've got Colt. They'll got to have their own wings of this, of this music. Um, I'm going to come up and I'm going to walk through all these saddles and, it's going to take a while to get through 70 saddles. By the time you read on the fenders, all the different titles and where they were won. Yep. Yep. It'll take a little while. Cause there's, <laughs> uh, I think they, the first one was an 89. Oh, wow. And then, okay. and then I don't remember when the last one was, but okay. yeah, there's, there's some history there. A few years worth of, of, uh, you know, conversation anyway. You bet. You bet. Well, I appreciate this, this conversation today. And I've got one last question. Okay. You, yep. you've been on a lot of interviews, you know, TV and radio and newsprint. I've read about you in magazines, the, the, uh, the net, um, uh, uh, lots of information out there about you. So in all the interviews, right. What question have you never been asked? that you would like to be asking, what is your answer to that question? I'll give you a Well, the only one that I can really come up with, because I've been asked a lot of <laughs> crazy questions. Yeah. And uh, especially especially in, in Quebec, you know, they, they would ask, you know, you wear boxers or briefs. Really? But they, okay. They, they ask you everything up there. Uh, you know, I was never asked 
when I was going to retire. Okay. Uh, I, I was never, you know, I, I don't know that that's probably the, the biggest one because I know the last few world titles that I won, I, I was wanting to be done. Really? You know? Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and they were always so focused on, you know, next year. Yeah. What do you, you know, what are your big goals for next year? And I'm like, I don't have any. Okay. <laughs> right. The one guy, he, especially in Oklahoma city, he's like, well, that's what you said last year. Yeah. I'm like, exactly. Yeah. I said, I probably told you that the year before that too. Yeah. He's like, well, you probably did. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't have any goals, yeah. you know, I, I'll, have, I'll set them goals when I enter a rodeo. And when I get there, I see what horse I got. I'm going to, that's, that'll be my goal. <laughs> that'll you be know? your goal. So let me, but, uh, let me do this show. Okay. Let's imagine we'll do a little role play here. Let's imagine it's 2015, January of 2015. You just wrapped up the IFR. And by the way, you won the average in the bareback bronc riding. You just won the bareback bronc riding world championship. And you won the all-around championship. So I got to ask you, Sean, when are you going to retire? I'll let you know. <laughs> Would that have been your answer? You were tired yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. And and that, you know, like I'd had some, some well, I'd been having some bad headaches and stuff. And, okay. And uh, I went to the... To the uh, uh, All Star Deal in Denver, <laughs> and uh, had I didn't really get hurt there, but I knew I'd mess my neck up somehow, whatever. And so finally, I come home from that, and I was like, "Man, I think I need to go get the doctor to look at my neck or something." And I'm not a doctor fan, but uh, anyway, so I go and they take some X rays, and this doctor, he's a, he's a family doctor, you know, and I hold some of his thoroughbreds around for him and we're friends and whatever. And he sticks, he took the x-ray and he stuck it up there and flipped the light on. And he goes, so when did you break your neck? Twice. Twice. And I said, okay. twice. I said, I never broke it even once. And he goes, hey, you have. He said, you've never been in a halo. And I said, nope. And he said, well, you should have been twice. Really? I'm like, well, okay. never was. He's like, well, you need to re you, you need to quit, retire, yeah. the whole deal, okay. blah blah blah, okay. on and on. And I was like, well, Doc, I'll let you know when I do. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> because you know, I, at that at that point, I hadn't, I was tired and, and didn't want to do it a, a lot anymore, but still had that fire inside of me, you know, where, you know, I still wanted to go and still wanted you know to have that feeling of of winning and dominating the horse that no one likes getting on and and that kind of thing you know but it was still there and uh then i kind of after i you know the, the whole COVID deal i was like you know what i'm not sore i don't hurt anywhere really other than my back and that's from you know years and years of abuse and uh, I think I'm just going to be done. And I just kind of put it in my head that, yeah, I don't desire it. I don't have any desire to do it anymore. And, and 
everybody, you know, even today, people are on me all the time. Man, look at all the money you're leaving on the table. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody asked me not too long ago, you know, why don't you crack back out and go win another world title? And I said, well, what was wrong with the first 23 world titles I won? I didn't do them right or what? Right, Why right, do I need right. another one? You know, what do I have to prove? Always more, right? Always yeah. more. And and I was like, God, I'm good, man. Okay. I, and, so. and and how is your neck now? Any issue that... that oh, it's, it's full of arthritis and, and everything else. And I, you know... Headaches? It, it don't, no, it don't bother me too okay. bad anymore. Okay. Well... That that's a big old question I asked, and 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 I like the answer. I'll let you know when <laughs> I'm gonna retire. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, that's what I'd have told them too. So, yeah, absolutely, yes, yes, yes. And I gotta I gotta thank you again, Sean, for being on the podcast. This has been another great conversation, and really cool that the boys Tate and Cole could be along with you there. And to Tate, good luck, have fun. Um, ride for ride and, and, um, pick up on, on what your dad, dad said, do the best you can do with the bronc that you got. Right. And that, that, that's all the pressure he needs. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, it's great that you can share all this, all this wisdom with our listeners and, and, um, I appreciate it, John. So safe travels and, um, beat that snowstorm to Utah if you can. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate it. All right, man. Bye-bye. All right, bye. We hope that you enjoyed this second episode of our podcast with Sean. If you do, please share it with your friends. To make your listening easier, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Search for Beyond the Shoots and follow us. A reminder, check out Sean's Facebook page, the official fan Facebook page. It's going to be in our link, so just click and follow it. And we'd like to say thank you to Parasite Systems for their support with our podcast. Parasite System is a push-button parasitic diagnostic system for pasture animals, your horses, your cattle, your goats, and for companion animals, your dog and your cat. You can find them at ParasiteSystems.com. Remember, we got a coupon for 50% off your testing kits. DTC023, again, for 50% off. This is Beyond the Shoot with Sean Miner. Until next time, thank you for listening.